Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cave the Cross Apologetics. I'm Patrick. I'm Tony. And welcome to episode number 100. You made it. We made it. We all made it together. All right. Yes. <laughs> so arbitrary number 100. We're not going to do anything different. We're going to uh, continue to uh, go through uh, our book, uh, Truth and the Culture of Doubt. Yeah. And uh, um, we're kind of uh, responding to uh, Bart Ehrman, who uh, we we covered in the, the prelude and the introduction about why he's important, why he should be respected, why should he be taken seriously, which we acknowledge that um, he is a scholar and um, his views are well thought out. Uh, they're well written. And he's very popular. Yeah, very and popular. He's been on TV and he's, yeah, yeah right. he's written, uh, you know, best selling books. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this isn't uh, an Alex Jones or, you know, a David Icke of the lizard people. This is, uh, you know, <laughs> someone who's taken scholarship seriously, uh, comes from a, a long line of good pedigree from uh, the um, kind of uh, evangelical school and then became a skeptic. And so, um, uh, what what the, our authors are doing is kind of covering um, his books uh, in, in this book and responding to them. And so uh, the chapter for this one is uh, is God immoral because he allows suffering. And so they're they're covering a, a book that he's not as well known for, I don't think, yeah. um, but still uh, a need to respond to um, some of his claims, some of his, his objections. And so that's what, uh, that's what we're going to go through, uh, yeah. with our author's help this time. Yeah. He's uh, so this book I think is called God's problem that Erdman has written. And so, uh, he thinks God has a problem. Right. <laughs> right. And so we'll, we'll see, uh, some of the issues with, uh, not just, um, uh, his arguments, but, uh, also kind of where he's coming from because, um, uh, Bart Ehrman is a textual critic scholar. And so he, um, kind of avails himself in, in, in that as his profession. But when he dips into theology, well, that seems kind of an odd choice for him yeah, to take. Yeah. And so um, uh, we start out here by, by um, acknowledging what kind of the, the four claims are that, uh, that we're going to be covering uh, that, um, that we're going to focus on. And they're the ones that uh, Bart Ehrman tends to um, kind of put forth within his book and uh, t- talks about um, kind of, why evil and suffering doesn't quite make sense in the in the Christian worldview. Yeah, and, and so, again, the way this book is laid out is really helpful, right? Mm-hmm. So the chapters start off with the various claims that, they're, that they want to address. Right. And then that's what they do throughout the right. chapter. They kind of answer these, these issues, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then there's discussion questions at the end, which uh, are helpful if, if you're like, okay, what did I just get done reading? Yeah. Well, it kind of hits the points again. Yeah. And so uh, the claims that uh, that are uh, addressed here are uh, fourfold, and uh, for, for this episode, we're probably going to cover two of them, and then uh, our next episode will cover the, the latter half. So uh, the first contradiction supposedly is uh, to, is God immoral because he allows suffering? Well, it's a contradiction to say that God is sovereign and God is good in view of all the evil in the world. Well, that seems like a contradiction. There's evil, but God is good. So how can you have that? Right. Yeah. Uh, the second one is the Bible contains many different answers to the problem of why, uh, why there is suffering, uh, why is why is there evil in the world, and many of these answers contradict one another. Right. That's the claim. Yeah. Uh, third, the Bible's explanations for suffering and evil are not satisfying. Right. I don't like those. That's right. That's and fourth, the God of the Bible is immoral, therefore he cannot exist. Yeah. Yeah, big, big, big claims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they kind of the introduction here to this chapter. They they start off by uh, giving us what they call Bart Erdman's problem. Right. <laughs> so remember the name. The major most of the stuff that are, that they're dealing with comes from um, uh, his book 
Erdman's book, God's Problem. So they start off with Bart Erdman's problem, right? <laughs> and they say that Bart Erdman is an expert in the study of ancient biblical manuscripts, right? I mean, that's his forte, that's his expertise, mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. And uh, it's commendable that Erdman interacts so much with the biblical material. He takes the Bible seriously. He just doesn't believe most of what it says. Sure, right. 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 So, yes, he, he studies the Bible, he interacts with it, but he takes it seriously, but he just doesn't believe it. Right. right? <clears throat> and so here's here's the point that they say. They say um, that should not be overlooked, though, uh, right? Uh, the, Ehrman doesn't believe in God, but yet Ehrman has morals. He's saying, um, you know, there's evil, there's there's suffering in the world. Why does that be? That shouldn't be the case if, if we see for God. Yeah. And so he attacks it, and but he says a certain things that, that point to kind of a, a moral standard, a moral claim. Consider what he advocates uh, people should do in light of evil and suffering. He says that, uh, but we should also work hard to make our world the most pleasing place it can be for others. Mm. What we have in, is, in the here and now is all that there is. All right, so we should work to make yeah. the world the best it can be for other people. Right. Wow. And that's, so that's, that's, right. that's commendable. Right. That's commendable. Well, yeah. and, and here's the problem though, is that it's, it's not, it's not Bart Ehrman can't have these opinions, right? He, he can't just uh, have these, these same type of internal monologues that, that everyone else has. The problem is he's not a philosopher. He's not, he's not a, uh, a theologian. So why is he waxing poetically when it comes to this, when he's a well, technical you know, so. quite frankly, everybody's a philosopher. <laughs> but there are some that are better than others. <laughs> okay. Animal farm of philosophy. <laughs> so according to Erdman, we should help others. Wow, right. what a commendable thing, right? Uh, so who wouldn't want the, 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 you know, these our authors tells us, uh, who wouldn't want to argue with him here? But here's the problem. Erdman, and here it is, Erdman never explains in light of his worldview why humans should try and relieve suffering in other humans. Yeah. So that's right? that's the key here. Yeah, why should we do that? I mm -hmm. mean, so what, you know? Uh, so he makes a forceful clay, uh, case that uh, the God of the Bible is wrong on account of his actions in the face of egregious evil and suffering. But he never explains the basis for his moral outrage. Right. 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 It's it's kind of uh, if, if you're you're kind of talking in the Western world of things, you know, you should say like all people should have access to health care. Yeah. But then you go over to, you know, the, the 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 parts of the world that don't have electricity or running water and you go. What's healthcare? Yeah, you know? yeah, so yeah, you know, uh, yeah. who, who who are you talking to? Like, yeah. I'm sure we could probably come to some type of agreement with that statement. Be kind to people. Try and help other people. Right. But where does that come from? Yeah. Other than just, you know, I, I like chocolate. Well, I like chocolate too. <laughs> you know, that's that's a good thing. Yeah. So the issue here is the <laughs> basis, and this is a, a I think a powerful critique of of Erdman here, right? And of actually all naturalism, and we've seen this before in some of the other books mm -hmm. that we've worked through, right? Do they really have a basis? Do they have a foundation that allows for morality? Can you say morality exists in your worldview? Right. That's the, that's the issue here that right. they're bringing out. Right? Yeah. Or is it nothing more than just personal opinion? That's right. Yeah. That's right. And so the, the more Ehrman builds his case in his book uh, against God based on morality and the more he urges people to help others, the more the problems surface. Right. Where is he getting his morality from? Exactly. Who decides what is right and wrong? And that's yeah. the ultimate question when it comes down to it. You say that uh, that there's evil in the world. Uh, you've uh, we're, 
you've drawn a, a circle around what you believe are evil. You've drawn a circle around what's good. Who's drawing those circles? Yeah. Where, where are you getting that that delineation from? Yeah, these these are moral claims, right? right? Where are you getting these moral right. claims from? Yeah. Right? So if <laughs> if I said something like, um, "Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take you, I'm going to put you down on a table, I'm going to knock you out, I'm going to take a very sharp knife, I'm going to cut you open, and I'm going <laughs> to just remove parts of your body, oh. and then I'm going to close you back up." And you'll be actually way better than what you were. Ooh. What do you know? I'm a surgeon, and I've just explained to you what something is bad, but also I'm doing something good for you. Yeah. So yeah. Is, 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 is that, is, would that ultimately be good? Right. Or is that evil? Yeah. If, if, I, if I do it without your consent, but I still make you good in the end, is that evil or is that good? We need some sort of standard by which to say, Here's, here's the scale of, of, of what we're measuring against and yeah. where we're putting our, our, our piece on one side and seeing if it right. turns out and, good. And, and Erdman, it doesn't seem like, gives <laughs> us a standard in terms of the foundation right. for it. Right. right. He, he, he almost seems Well, he does. It's his. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be where he's going. Yeah. Um, so there, there's there's various kind of theories we can come up with of, of where Erdman might be drawing stuff from. And you might want to say that this is maybe straw manning an argument, but without an argument to give, we're kind of giving a shotgun approach of saying, if you were to say this, this is what we could say. And so that's what that's what we're going to do here. So if Herman says uh, that it's uh, up to a given society to determine its morality. Okay, right? well, that, that yeah. answers it. How right. do we know what's the, right and wrong? How do we know what's good and bad? Well, it's the society yeah, that determines it. Follow right? the law or yeah. follow the normal conventions. I mean, that's why we have societies right. to tell us what is morally right and morally wrong. Right, right. right? We so don't wear pants on our head. That's right. Evil. <laughs> and then, so if your society says this is moral, then that's what you do. If it says this is right. immoral, then that's what you do. Yeah. All right, problem solved. Move on. Right. Next. <laughs> right. Uh, and like any good philosophy, we always have to bring up the Nazis or, you know, the, the, the Soviets. I, I always like to bring up the Soviets because uh, Stalin bad and more. And uh, it seems, though, that if we were to follow this, then Nazi Germany decided it was right to kill millions of Jews or when a society. And again, you know, they codified into law what society found acceptable uh, that that Jews were inhuman people that they need to be purged from the you know the societal uh, gene pool makeup and uh, along with other people um, so they decided it was right for abuse of women to kill babies with disabilities to protect the gene pool then these things are right so society they're uh, the morally right thing to right, do right? right kill Jews because that's what the society determined was the morally right, right society thing to do. and then codified into law so we could call this the Nazi objection <laughs> <laughs> right. right and so you know uh, you, you have these groups of people there's no higher court of appeals because they're they're the representations of society society has, has voted them in and then you know they they did their thing with uh, dictatorship and whatnot right so so, so think about that uh, where do you get your standard of morality from well it comes from society okay well what if you lived in Nazi Germany and society said all these things yeah. killed Jews you know, just uh, get rid of babies who have disabilities, that sort of thing. Right. Is that really the morally right thing to do just because society says it is? Right. And if you want to say, ew, that's icky, and, you know, obviously we don't want to do what the Nazi says, right? But you can look at the early 30s or even even in some parts of the world today where we look at things like um, – uh, the eugenics program, um, and and that was kind of a 1930s, uh, right? The 1930s, yeah. Uh, you know, H.G. Wells and his his group of uh, his, uh, high society, high people that believed that they were the standard, that, and then 
they would, you know, codify things that were sub subhuman and you would do chemical castrations for criminals because uh, criminality has to be internally genially com, uh, present. And so mm-hmm. by removing these these hardened criminals from society or you have phrenology, you're measuring uh, head lengths and saying, oh, if you have this certain bump on your head, then <laughs> you're you're, you know, predisposed uh, evolutionary to to criminal criminality. And so mm-hmm. uh, obviously we have to remove you from the gene pool. I don't know why we should remove criminality because criminality helps us struggle and struggle is good within evolutionary framework. <laughs> or today uh, we, we have certain uh, uh, Eastern uh, uh, um, Eastern European or, or Western society telling people to abort babies with certain disabilities to take them out of the running for, mm-hmm. you know, uh, spreading that, that gene to other people and, and having people like Down syndrome come in. And so, right. and so do we really want society to be the standard, to right. tell us what the morally right thing to do is, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, do we really want to go there, right? You know, so if society doesn't decide then what is uh, what is uh, good and evil, who decides what's good and evil? I mean, if it's not society, then who is it, right? If it's Nazi society, <laughs> right, yeah. right. So perhaps Erdman might reply, they, they suggest something like this, that the right or wrong is whatever is most helpful, for the majority of the human race. There you go. So whatever is most helpful for the, yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Greatest good for the greatest number. What is most helpful for the majority? Here's the problem though. Why should one who believes that this world is all that we have care about the race as a whole, right? I mean, so what? This action might be uh, helpful to the majority of the people. Why should I care about that? Yeah. Right. I mean, if 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 this world is all we have, quite frankly, I should be trying to get as much as I can so that I can be as comfortable as I can and not worry about anybody else. Right. Because again, remember what Ehrman's saying: this life is all that we have. Yeah. Uh, why? Yeah. I don't care about all of society or the world as a, as a as a whole of other people. What people do in China should affect me. Or at least, why me. should I care? Yeah. Right. right? There, there's no should. I mean, or I may, there. but yeah. <laughs> but right. why should yeah. I? You yeah. know. You know, if, if there's no God, we live in a strictly materialistic and, you know, evolving universe, right? Violence and suffering are just part of the natural world. I mean, that's that's just part of the deal, right? Mm-hmm. There's no inherent morality attached to them. An action is just an action. It's just an action, right? <laughs> the, the the leopard kills the, the antelope. And, you know, we don't say, you know, that, uh, yeah. that evil, right, evil leopard, right? You're, you're under arrest. You're under arrest. We're taking you to jail. No, no, no. It's just that's the way things are, right? So... In the case of violence, we, it wouldn't be evil. It would simply be part of the evolutionary process, right? And uh, next time the antelope has to run faster, right? Right. <laughs> right? Evolves in such a way that it runs faster. But an action is just an action is just an action. If you know uh, this is an evolving universe and violence and suffering are part of you know the deal. Right. right, right. I mean, this was you know Thanos from uh, the Avengers. You know, <laughs> uh, we, we we struggle, and 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 the, the the universe is too populated. So snap of the fingers removes half the people, and yes, there will be a struggle, but that struggle will be good for you, and and the evolutionary process will kick in more, and then you're you're struggling, but you're not competing for as many resources as you once were. So. Was Thanos right in his determination of snapping his fingers? Well, <laughs> only if you're the other half of the people or you cared about anybody in that half. Or, oh, yeah. You know, all these things. Yeah. But yeah. again, what uh, if, if that movie made anything clear is that Thanos was a true believer. He believed what he was doing was correct, was right. right. Yeah. 
was and that. He, and he believed he was doing the best for the human race or yeah. for all for, races. For everybody. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. That's why he goes and afterwards and farms and uh, sits down with a uh, with a clear conscience because yeah. that's that's what he uh, believed. And so. Yeah. So, so who gets to decide what, uh, you know, what's the most helpful for the majority of the race? Right. Uh, Thanos in that case, right? Well, yeah, he's got the power. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So might makes right. Might makes right. And, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the, and, then, and then we get into problems with uh, with the majority. Well, what about the minority? You know, do we do we do something that fifty one percent of the population will benefit from while hurting the forty nine percent, or can we not hurt anybody? Would we be able to help anybody at that point? In time? Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, there are many different philosophical and economic um, uh, beliefs behind this. Uh, uh, Hans Hermann Hoppe, God, uh, democracy, the God that fails, talks about kind of the the um, the limitations of what a democracy has. And uh, the first part of his book, he he um, he compares uh, to to uh, a, a democracy to actually. Uh, being limited in the scope of helping people and, and uh, economically uh, prosperous from a monarchy. It's mm. really, really interesting, really interesting mm. book. I'd, mm. I'd definitely pick it up. Uh, so what's the kind of the response to this, right? So, uh, you know, by what standard? Who's who's to say? Well, it's all well and good that, that Bart Ehrman is talking about, you know, helping people, uh, respect other people, uh, try to do what's right, we we would agree with this, yeah, right? And yeah, and, and yeah. We, I would think that most people would have this type of understanding, but it's in spite of themselves that mm. they believe this. What mm-hmm. what is the standard? What is the ultimate standard? Well, those who believe in God argue that we should care because God created us to care and commanded that we love others. Right. That's that's part of it. We're we're all image bearers of God. We're, we, when we encounter somebody, we should have that that understanding. And in fact, we do have that understanding. That's why you have these types of moral systems spring up. In spite of evolutionary process, yeah. struggle, survive, survival of the fittest. Exactly. Oh, uh, but someone who's down on their luck, don't kick, uh, you know, the, the the dirt over their grave. Mm-hmm. Help them up out of the pit. Exactly. Oh, well, yeah. why? That's <laughs> taking resources away yeah. from me. That that person clearly didn't survive in the environment that they were put into. Uh, good luck next time. Uh, hope hope your your uh, you know your family had more kids. <laughs> Maybe. So yeah. So the so the the point here is that uh, as believers. Uh, people we recognize, you know, since God has created everyone that he, and created them in his image, they have value, they have worth, and therefore we should care for mm-hmm. each individual, right? right? Mm-hmm. However, and God also has commanded us to love everybody. Right, so, right. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's, that's a, a, a big part of the, the Christian worldview in that. Uh, but without God, compassion for others is nothing but kind of chemical changes in the brain. I do it because it makes me happy. Poof, there goes my uh, epidural... Uh, you know, the thing that makes me feel good and I get warm fuzzies. Okay. Uh, is that worth it for the survival of the human race? I'm not sure. But suffering is meaningless. Violence is meaningless. All is meaningless. Without God. Without God. Yeah. yeah. Boy, is that true. Yeah. <laughs> so without God, Erdman has no grounding for his morality, no basis for his morality. He, he can act moral. Right. He can desire moral outcomes, but there's no basis for it in his worldview. Right. And what's more, if he responds to the question, who decides what's right and wrong with well, right is what is most helpful to the human race. This only leads to something akin to the initial question. Right. After all, as we said earlier, right, what is most helpful for the human race? Well, Hitler and a whole list of others would disagree with Erdman on what is best for the human race. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, who's to decide? Right. So 
There's no grounding here. There's no standard. Where does the standard come from? Mm -hmm. right? uh, so we're, again, back to the question of who decides what is right or wrong. That's what, kind of what we talked about. Uh, apparently, at least in this world, Ehrman himself gets to decide what is right or wrong. Ultimately, he's the standard and decides that God's got the problem. Oh, well, okay. So he becomes the standard. Yeah. Okay. And and I'm sure many people who have uh, this type of uh, um, non-theistic understanding um, come to this conclusion: is ultimately we have to come to a internal realization of how best to do it. And but where do you go from there? Yeah. You know, do I get yeah. people together as a collective? And impose my will upon others because I know what's right and best for society. Do you do that in, in other things like economics or uh, moving culture? Should should you do that or should you let culture just evolve uh, kind of w without uh, uh, a a um, kind of higher monkey brain of, of trying to manipulate it? Or do you have people that try even to do that? Well, that's that's been kind of the struggle of Western society since, you know, its foundation. Mm. But Ehrman has never told us where he gets this notion of right or wrong. Regardless of whether God has a problem, one thing is clear, Bart Ehrman has a problem. Right. Without God, Ehrman has no legitimate or sufficient basis for his morality. And that's a problem. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. You might not think it's a problem, but ultimately what it comes down to is standards. And so um, that's what we're going to be covering here is um, kind of the four, his four claims then for or where he's coming from. Right. So that gets us to the first claim, right? And it is uh, it is a contradiction to say that God is sovereign and God is good in view of all the evil in the world. So right. classically, this is known as the problem of evil. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. How can a good God allow for evil in the world? Right. right? Especially if he is sovereign. Right. right. And that sort of thing. <clears throat> Um, so in the past, uh, this argument has been frequently made. Uh, books have been written. Counter books have been written. Counter counter books have been written. <laughs> counter counter book. Uh, pretty much you can go back to. I mean, uh, humanity has, has dealt with this question uh, from whatever beginning that you, you come to understand. You have to kind of look at this world and go, okay, wh uh, wh why did Ugga uh, 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 get killed by the saber-toothed tiger? Or why did the, the tower fall upon these people? Are they worse off than me? Mm. Is there something that designed them? Uh, in the comic explosion of the universe, did, did was this always predestined to fall so that uh, we had to make certain choices that are, uh, only appear to be choices, but they're not really that it's determined and that tower fell because it was uh, the, from the, the moment of the Big Bang to the heat death of the universe, that's what was designed <laughs> to happen. There's no way to avoid it. Okay, well, we, we have to come to this understanding. And, and so it's been talked about. And so um, it, it seems uh, odd here that, that Ehrman is using a platform where he's the textual critic, the, the, the critiquing of Jesus, the critiquing of the Bible, uh, to, to kind of make this philosophical point. It's, it's, it's an odd step where, well, you know, uh, we agree you're a good scholar, but why should we listen to you in this respect? Yeah, and, so. yeah, and your philosophical, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. However, most philosophers, both religious and secular, now realize that while there is a mystery in the relationship between God and evil, no internal dilemma threatens the rationality of the belief in God. Mm -hmm. So we, we, we kind of looked at this when it came to uh, keeping faith in the age of reason with, with um, uh, Jason Lyle. And so sometimes when people say there's a contradiction, well, they don't actually mean a contradiction. They just mean I don't agree with it or uh, you know, he, he, here's here's an objection to it. Well, okay, you can come up with objections, but you know, it doesn't mean that there's a a uh, by 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 saying a, you're also saying not a. There's the, there isn't that contradiction that 
that that philosophical understanding of what a contradiction is. Right, right. And so that's yeah, that's that's part of the the, the issue here. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, the argument against God's sovereignty and goodness in the face of all evil in the world is self contradictory. Right. right. So you're claiming it's a contradiction, but actually it's a self-contradiction. It, it assumes an absolute moral framework that is inconsistent uh, with a worldview in which God is absent. So it's self-defeating, right? There's an absolute standard. Where does the standard come from? Well, it comes from God. Well, God doesn't exist, so you don't have an absolute standard. So we have an absolute standard that's not an absolute standard. Right. That's a contradiction, <laughs> right. right? So in an argument uh, from the existence of evil to non-existence of God depends on establishing first that suffering indeed is evil, right? Right. You got to establish that first, but this is not an empirical observation. I just don't look at the kids, you know, dip the uh, cat's tail in uh, gasoline and then strike a match to Mm. it, right? And say evil, evil, evil. No, all I see is the cat's tail being dipped (laughs) into the gasoline and a match being set to it. The, The evil is a moral judgment. It's not an empirical observation, right? right? So suffering, by the way, you know, under this worldview is natural. Uh, For it to be evil, a moral framework has to be presupposed. We have to bring morality into the particular action. Right. right. Maybe evolution will design, uh, I'm sorry, guide cats into not having tails to be lit on fire. <laughs> and this cat just didn't survive that survival yeah, process. That is a, that's an ugly. <laughs> but I just saw your cat. So yeah, I, well, <laughs> I'd be okay with lighting his tail on fire sometimes. <laughs> uh, so I, I think what this thing is, uh, tries to do as well is it tries to start out as an internal critique, but sadly moves to an external critique right away. And so if you're going to internally critique something, you want to be. Uh, uh, kind of ad- adopting of that that worldview yeah. for the sake and, of the and, argument, and consistently keep that worldview. right, right, right. and yeah. and so this one it, it tries, but it, it ultimately fails by by um, you know uh, going outside of uh, outside of the bounds of the the internal critique. So uh, depends on establishing the suffering is indeed evil, but this is an empirical observation. Uh, it's a moral judgment. So you're kind of assuming what you're arguing. You're 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 begging the question in this yeah. in this uh, yeah. in this yeah. sense here. And then we come to the second one. Well, it assumes, for lack of a better word, a God's eye view. Oh, the, okay. the problem so, is so that, we can see, you know, down on everything else that's happening, right? right? right. Kind of thing, yeah. right? So this is clearly suffering. <laughs> this person is cutting this person open. Yeah, was so that person a serial killer? Or is it a surgeon? <laughs> Hold on, let me go find out. Yeah. <laughs> so the problem is that no human has this God's eye view. It can't look at everything. It can't say, "Well, th- this was suffering and evil." Um, um, child dies of, of cancer, uh, but then the the father goes on to invent the cure for cancer. Well, is that suffering good? Uh, uh, maybe. I mean, it prevented less suffering yeah, in the end. So, yeah. isn't that what we're trying to do? Yeah, pre- yeah. Presenting Again, less who knows, suffering, right? I mean, right. We, yeah, what, no. what standard are we? Are we okay with killing the kid if? It, it uh, well, gets a, a, anyway. a yeah. cure for cancer. Yeah. Kids die all the time. Uh, people die all the time. <laughs> yeah. What's the matter about a kid or not a kid? Um, you know, would it change if we had two kids? How about three? How about five? <laughs> Ehrman says he can't think of a satisfying reason suffering exists. So there must not be a good reason. Oh. Thus, there must not be a God. 
But just because Ehrman, or any other person for that matter, can't understand why God would allow suffering doesn't mean that God doesn't exist. Why? This uh, kind of uh, incredulity of, of <laughs> well, I can't think of a good reason. Well, yeah. So therefore, God yeah. doesn't exist. Yeah, right? and so, yeah. well, what if I come up with that reason? Well, I don't like that reason. <laughs> oh, okay, well, then it's just personal taste. But there, if, if there are reasons offered biblically, and we see that there are, uh, Romans 9 especially is, is, is a big one that uh, I tend to point to, um, it, it provides understanding of, of why there's suffering, why there's evil. And people have written about this. And so to just say, well, there aren't good reasons. Well, okay, explain why. T- talk about these things. And then do it from consistently a, a standard that we can point to that say, okay, well, it seems like all these things are lining up perfectly. It's consistent within itself. Uh, the Christian worldview would say uh, that it would falter and you can't have a consistent worldview that you have to assume a, a God or by, by, by saying that there is a standard, it ultimately points to uh, God as that standard. And so uh, we kind of have to have more of the meat than, yeah. the, than the bone, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Erdman seems to agree with the biblical authors that suffering is something that, you know, we cannot fully understand, but then makes the giant leap to say that if he cannot understand it, uh, then, there, you know, there must not be an explanation. Yeah. Lack of imagination. That's, That's right. all I say. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, this is poor logic. You know, one argument simply doesn't follow from the other. Just because I don't understand it doesn't mean that there is no explanation. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. And so that's, yeah, that's that's not a good argument. <clears throat> um, and so uh, we, we um, kind of close up here with our first objection by saying, for these two reasons, most philosophers, even those who call uh, to who claim to be atheists, who are atheists, uh, agree that suffering in the world is not a convincing argument against the belief in the existence of God. And surprisingly, in his book on the subject, Ehrman never addresses either of these two reasons, which tend to be the, the kind of the main reasons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, that seems odd. Within the scope of literature, if you're kind of responding to things and not just writing off the cuff, like a, like an article, you may not do a full-on research, but if you're writing a book, yeah. you kind of uh, owe it to yourself a little bit. Especially to at least if see you're critiquing a position, you want to know the, the you know, the... Uh, the responses yeah. to your critique so that you can respond to them. Right. right? Uh, uh, I know God exists. Uh, I, I don't know why anyone would say God doesn't exist. I can't even come up with a good reason why God wouldn't exist. Therefore, God exists. <laughs> would we be okay with that? Yeah. With, the, with that understanding? Eh, probably not. There would yeah. probably be a few articles written against uh, that type of thinking. So the, the irony here is striking. In the book titled God's Problem, Ehrman doesn't interact with the major problems set against his own position. Right. It seems He's like the it, one that has the problem. It seems, <laughs> it seems like it. You, you know, it, it's, it's uh, uh, Dawkins, uh, God is not great. It, here's all the bad things religion does. Okay, can you define what great is first? Can yeah. we talk about that? No, no understanding. <laughs> Just, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, Jews and, and Muslims don't like pigs. Uh, pigs offer us a lot of medical benefits. Therefore, uh, because uh, you don't touch pigs, means you're killing people. By, by, and if you, uh, the world adopted this understanding, you are killing more people. Right, because you can't use pigs to experiment on. And oh, so, therefore, okay. people are going to die. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Killing people yeah. when you don't like pigs. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Why? Good? Bad? Not good? Is ki- killing? Isn't, isn't death a part of how evolution drives uh, bad things out and good things in? Okay, well, no pigs for us then, right? <laughs> Except for the bacon. <laughs> so we, I think we've reached the end of uh, at least this, this first quarter. Yeah, we only got through one. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll try and cover the uh, remaining three. Maybe we'll do two and three, and four will be a big one. Uh, we, we're not sure. But uh, uh, 
Thank you again for um, being with us for our books. Uh, even if you don't agree with us, uh, we appreciate you watching and driving up our numbers that way. Um, uh, it's been uh, interesting to, to see what we did it in a coffee shop. Uh, we put it out on in the net and we found some uh, friends along the way. And so if you want to um, support us, uh, uh, patreon.com slash cave the cross. If not, continue to watch. That's great. Like, share, subscribe, all the things that uh, the YouTubers who are way better at this than us uh, uh, say to do things, uh, bells, buttons, all that stuff. That's yeah. right. If, if this was, is this helpful, if you find this helpful, then you share it, uh, like it, you know, and uh, and uh, that will be helpful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I will say uh, we had a, a, an author, I believe, uh, ooh, episode 17, uh, Scott Christensen. Um, he has just come up with a new book. He hasn't sponsored us in this, but uh, I bought my book early. What about Evil? Um, so I'm um, hopefully he's going to do a what about series because he did what about free will. This one's what about evil. And so thick book right there. So um, if you're having um, more reading time uh, and you want to learn about, oh, well, what are the problems of evil? Um, uh, a lot of people are saying a lot of good things. And so, well, yeah, he takes a deep dive in this. Particular yeah. Book. So all the links for the books that we talked about are, will be in the description uh, below. And uh, again, thanks uh, for continuing to watch and, and uh, uh, joining us uh, in a, over coffee, your coffee, not our coffee, uh, <laughs> in our little book club. So thank you. See you next time.